You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the common man's podcast. But I came here for just one drink. Recorded live at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy, it's Cross the Line 1524, featuring Alan Stanger, Jeff Montag, Dwayne Bischoff, and Reuben Hunt. And let's not forget Table 12. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, guys, so this podcast we did live on location at the second installment of concerts at the Columbia Street Music District in Metamore, Indiana, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was a great time. And we got to interview some great people. The first interview here is with a musician by the name of Frank Black, who has a shop in Metamore, has a lot of history. I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, we're back here with Cross the Line 1524. We've got another special guest, and I got to see him play a little guitar before. Quite the guitar player. Introduce yourself for everybody. Well, thank you first. And my name's Frank Black. Uh, I'm a freestyle guitar player. So, you from Metam- you got a shop here in Metamore? I have a shop. Actually, it's called Stagecoach, and I've been having music there on a Wednesday night. Cool. Uh, cool. Not here lately, but uh, we're going to get started again, and we're going to have some outside music on the outside stage. Right now, the stage is inside, and all you had to do is come in there and plug in, Hammond B3 sitting on stage, electric piano, everything's there to go. So tell us a little bit about your musical background. When did you start playing? I heard a little bit. You know, you, you were in uh, Vietnam and all that kind of stuff. So Well, I started out uh, when I was uh, 10 or 11 years old. My cousin was five. And I'm a self-taught player. He's a self-taught player. And we played all the, the nightclubs in, uh, over in Newport and Covington. We did uh, floor shows, what they called, and they had a band called the Probably a lot of people, if they're still living, would uh, remember Harold and the Swingin' Rocks. Great group, and we'd go in there, and uh, Joe Williams was one of the contestants. It, was, uh, it wasn't a battle of the bands, but you'd go in there and you'd play and you'd get voted. And so we beat him out, and we went over to the Peppermint Lounge, and he beat us. But uh, Joe Williams uh, ended up doing some albums over the years and stuff. Uh, but uh, I played for uh, a band called the Bravados. I got with a guy named Tim Heading in high school. I was the uh, first band I ever played with. I was washing dishes at a truck stop, saved money to buy my first electric guitar, and uh, I went down to Harrison Skating Ring and walked in there, and they had, back then, they still had the horn bands. Didn't have the rock bands, you had the horn bands. Mm-hmm. And a guy was standing there, and uh, he said, you know what that band needs? And I said, yeah, they need a guitar player. And he said, you play guitar? And I said, yeah. So he introduced me to Tim, and I auditioned for him. Uh, Tim was a year younger than me. As a matter of fact, uh, his music teacher said he'd never be a piano player. Tim went on to play with the Allman Brothers. He played with a lot of famous people, B.B. King. He's an un, one of the unknowns, like most of us, you know, that did the work but never got credit for it. I didn't get to do that. Uh, I got uh, was going to get drafted. Uh, like I say, I was working for uh, uh, the band Bravados, and uh, we were doing stuff for WSCI, Paul Purton, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, we did all that stuff, and back then they always advertised us and, and supported the bands, and that was great. So, uh, but uh, I finally come up to get drafted, so I joined Didn't, to keep them out of Vietnam, so I figured I'd take a trade, went to carpenter school, uh, went to truck driving school, uh, Mason area, I had three MOSs. I didn't go to Vietnam the first year. The first 22 months I spent in Germany, and I played for all the uh, shows over there. When they find out you could, if, if you're a knowledge musician, they're going to use you, whether you like it or not. Right. If you're a basketball player, football player, yep. or whatever, you're, 
it got me out of a lot of things over there. My sergeant hated that. He was, his name was Corsion, Polish, little Polish guy and mean as a bulldog. And he told me we're not in show business, you know, but uh, I had the full bird colonel was over the uh, entertainment and I couldn't make it for rehearsal or for a show. And they called down there and said, uh, you get that guy up there right away, now. So after that, uh, they left me alone, exempt me from bed check. I played at uh, the, the clubs on post. Played downtown in Germany, Baumholder, Oberstein, and uh, with a band called the L Jades. We was a mixed group, loved the guys, and every one of the guys in the band. We did uh, stuff from rhythm and blues, R&B, uh, James Brown, Barefoot, and all that stuff. Uh, then I was over 22 months, got uh, called from uh, Vietnam by name by Washington. So the colonel couldn't get me out of that. He said, you're going to have to go because they picked your name from picked Washington, D.C., yep. so I had to go. So I went to Nam, same thing. You find great musicians in the Army, and uh, you uh, get the, they'll find you if you don't find them. And, and we played for the office clubs, mass units. Uh, they, we was at, uh, in Tainan, at a big mountain. Back then they called it the Black Virgin Mountain. And we was at the bottoms of Rock Quarry, and they sent three gunships in to pick me and the three other guys to take us to Saigon to do a party for the nurses and the doctors up in, in Saigon. So, wow. uh, you know, uh, my music, even though I didn't get to go on the road like all my buddies, uh, uh, like Wayne Bullock and, and Lonnie Mack and all of them and that. Uh, but still, I think it was probably better for me. I still entertain and I think that's what it's all about. It wasn't about the money. These guys went on the road and some of them had to sell their guitars to get back home because they didn't make enough money and, and uh, you know, so I come home and met my uh, uh, wife, got married, and I was a weekend warrior. I played on Fridays and Saturday nights and and that. And so I, she passed away at 58, 58 years old, excuse me, not 50, 1958, but she was 50, 58 years old. And, and uh, so I think the guys, uh, the band called the Blue Eyed Soul Band, they kind of, uh, and my buddy, piano player, Glenn Hollowell, one of my best friends, uh, uh, they kind of saved me. They said, you're, you're not going to mope around, you're going to get out and play. And I played with the Blue Eyed Soul Band. Loved that band, a great band. Uh, I, the, uh, right now the keyboard player is playing for Jesse J. Johnson. That was our keyboard player. And uh, But yeah, I didn't get to do all those things, but you know, I don't have any regrets. Uh, all the guys that that I played with uh, got to go on the road. Some of them got to play with Dolly, my cousin got to play with Dolly. Even she offered uh, him, to, wanted him to bring his band on the road with her. He had a job at Fisher Body and he said, nah, he said, I'll go down there and and uh, uh, maybe play a year and then lose a contract and then I'm no job. Out of luck, yep, out of luck, So no he job. had a family too, so. So that that was me, and and there's one thing I did get to do. I got to entertain for the troops in uh, in the army, and I think that meant more. Uh, I mean, I think when I was in boot camp, uh, we weren't there two days, and they found out that I could play. And and actually, the singer Bill Benish went in with me. He said, "If you're going, I'm going," because they're going to call me. And he went in. So. He was a vocal singer in our band, great singer. And uh, so we went in together. He did get shipped off to Vietnam the first year. So he actually spent two tours over there. But uh, yeah, we had a lot of opportunities back then, but I think the military and everything just caught everybody up and caught them off guard. And you have to do what you gotta do. Absolutely, you know? so, absolutely. Yeah. So besides your your jam thing that you're doing here in town, any, any other music 
ventures you got going on? Recordings, anything? Well, uh, Bill Smith down here at the, the Wood Shack down here. Mm -hmm. I took a couple uh, albums that I did. Uh, one of them was a good friend and just passed away. Uh, we played at Good Sam Hospital for 10 years. I'd say it's about 10 years, yeah. And we played for the, in the morning for breakfast. And people didn't know what to think about that. They thought the music was piped in. Now the way that worked out, that uh, one of the guys, uh, Carlos, uh, he was manager over the, the cafeteria. And he wanted to form a tri-health band, but it had you had to work at tri-health, whether it's north or, or or whatever. So he knew I played, so he got all the guys that played, and 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 that we ended up with like a 14-piece band, and we did uh, uh, all the hospital things. It was a great band, and uh, uh, the uh, the singer in the band, uh, she was great, and. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it just goes to show you in music, you never know what's, what you're going to run into, you know. Exactly right. Uh, music's always made my life interesting, even though I didn't uh, get to go on the road with some of these people. And not that I wasn't good enough, I was good enough. It just, I didn't have the opportunity. So, you know, uh, which, like I say, you don't look in the past. You, you look in the future. You know. So get back to the album. Uh, when my wife passed away, I, I've got a campsite out here. So I went out there in a week. I did an album dedicated to her, 12 songs on it, 12, 12 songs. And uh, I made copies for the kids and stuff. And uh, I sent a lot of music out to Nashville, but I did it in the wrong way because I was a rookie. You got to take your music down there. So I didn't take this there. I just kind of hid it away. I figured, well, I'll be 77 years old in October. And uh, so God's been good to me. And uh, he still lets me play, and I think I'm pretty yeah, good for an old man. Your fingers are moving pretty fast. They're moving faster than mine do on a guitar. So well, mine used to be faster than that in my yeah. 20s. And I told people I've slowed down, so I said, you don't realize how fast it used to be, but it slowed down. But uh, a lot of people ask me, who's your favorite guitar players? And Lonnie Mack was sure one of them because he was an innovator. Uh, he taught all the, the blues players and the country players and rock players how to play. Didn't get the credit for it. I'm sorry for that. Uh, one of my other players, uh, was Scotty Anderson, uh, was written up in Rolling Stone magazine three times for one of the great unknown guitar players in the United States and world, matter of fact. And uh, good friend. Uh, but... Uh, it just shows you there's guys out there that can, and you see that all the time on Star Search when these people come up and they open their mouth and you think it's gonna be bad and you say, wow, where did this person come from? Right. And there's a lot of talent out there that it's being wasted at people's not hearing. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, you know, uh, you, know, you gotta, it's, it's who you know. It's, there's people that work at McDonald's in Nashville that are twice the singers, twice the players yeah. that, that are on the radio, quite honestly. It's uh, it's just you got to be the right place at the right time, know the right people. Well, you know, the the thing is, uh, now Bill's going to do this album for me, and I'm going to bring it out. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of my musicians' friends, uh, uh, Brian Coleman down at the Harrison Music Store. I good know friend. Brian well. Brian's yeah. a great friend. All those guys are great guitar players. I vouch for everyone. Uh, I love those guys. Those guys uh, didn't even know I could play uh, till Rodney, I can't think of Rodney's last name, guitar player, said, yeah, I heard Frank sitting back there and I see him walk in every once in a while and walk around look at the guitars and never pick one up. He's back there playing, I hear this jazz coming out of the guitar and he walked back there and Frank, he said, I couldn't believe it. he blew me away. But these guys, it wasn't Roderick, was it, at the music shop, or was it Rodney? Rod, Rodney. Rodney. Yeah, he doesn't work here no more. Uh, he's about my size, 
you know, he's got a studio, recording studio too. I don't know the name of it or anything like that. But yeah, uh, these guys, I always said, Frank, why didn't you ever do an album or why didn't you ever cut a record or anything? I said, well, back in my day, it was almost impossible. You had to know somebody, like you right. said. You had to know somebody. Now these kids, we've got all this technology. They don't need these big studios. They can get there and they can do it themselves. Get a good microphone. And do exactly. It and these kids are a whiz when it comes to operating this stuff. I'm old school. I'm still with, I, I like analog. I think it's the best sound. And matter of fact, my music is analog, but it's got more of a warm sound to it, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, I think digital, I always call it. It's cold. No offense, it's, Betty it's, Crocker mix. It's a cold sound. Yeah, digital it's, well, the same way they brought the tubes back uh, when all of us musicians, they went to uh, the uh, solid state, nobody wanted them, they didn't have the power. Now that they've improved, but still you, uh, you can get an amp now, it's a tube and hybrid. Hybrid, yep. Hybrid, yeah. And, uh, but, uh, I prefer the two because it's got a warm, a warm sound to it. It's just, it's like the Hammond B3. I own one of those, and they haven't come up with a keyboard yet. No, nope. it sounds like a Hammond B3. Do you and have a Leslie cabinet for it? Yes, I All got right. a 147 Leslie, and I got it from my good buddy Glenn. It stayed at my house for 12 years, and I've been every year. I said, Glenn, sell me this, and he wouldn't do it. And finally, he broke down and sold it to me, and I had a man come out and go through the organ and and get her up running again it it played but it just needed some tune-up little tune-up yep get the blow the dust off it and stuff but uh, yeah i'm anxious for musicians to come down and uh to to play this because uh my buddy mark harper said uh well is that Organ look right on the stage. I said, let me tell you something. I said, that's old school, and anybody knows about R&B, Aretha Franklin and all them, you will not find them doing a song without a Hammond B3. There's a distinct sound. Uh, just, it just, that's Eddie Heinzelman, who was here for the last uh, music project here. So his last CD that he did, his last album, a lot of the songs have Hammond B3 in it, and it's just a... It's a sound that once once you know that sound, when you hear it, it's like man. Well, let me just... tell you a little story about Eddie. <laughs> I, this is a good one. <laughs> Eddie Eddie says uh, uh, I hadn't seen him in a long time. He come come to me years ago and wanted to take a couple of lessons from me, and I said Eddie, I'd rather you go to the conservatory of music because he's trying to get in. I said because I'm a self-taught player. I don't read or anything, I just play off the top of my head, and I said, you need to, to go and learn the right mm -hmm. way. And he did, and he come out of there, and he was a good guitar player at a young age, really good. I played bass for his band, and uh, so he was a good guitar player then, and and John, his brother, sung, sung too. John did most of the singing back then. But I thought that was him down, so I waited till he got done with the set. And I asked him, I said, do you know any of the Bischoffs? And he said, yeah, Frankie, because everybody called me Frankie instead mm -hmm. of Frank. And I said, well, that is Eddie. So uh, it was the funniest thing, you know, I don't know if he remembers it, but uh, we did a recording in my studio. I had a small studio, and I says, uh, lay something down. You know, we did a 12-bar a blues. I said, uh, lay something down. He said, what? I said, whatever you feel. He says, I don't know. So... Uh, he was a commercial player at the time. Now, since he's got with Nashville, I'm pretty sure he knows because all the, I believe, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I would think they, they don't, they want freestyle players. They want somebody to, I tell kids and everybody, I said, when you're playing a guitar, it's like painting a picture. Use the colors you want. Right. You don't want to paint this picture like this guy over here. Why would you want to copy? Exactly. And that's what I always try to tell these young kids that's learning. Learn, make it your own though. Make it your own and uh, it, it will, uh, what it will do is uh, people say, well, and I was always said that people heard me and said, well, I know who that's, I know who's playing. 
because I'm not playing a Jimi Hendrix. I'm not playing. I'm not playing note for note. I I'll put a, a song on and listen to it. And I, okay. I'm gonna play it my way now. Yeah. So when when I play, I was the same way. I I always said if people want to listen to the record, they can listen to the record. Exactly. I'm gonna play my version of the song. So. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm not a karaoke fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I. Uh, I did uh, have music uh, backtracks, but everything you heard that it was my you you playing. did the track. Yeah. I played pedals with my feet, and either and I play bass guitar, and I do also play keyboard. I'm not a great keyboard player, but I can get by, you know, and uh, and then probably any instrument I pick up. I, I guy asked me if I could play a, a mandolin, and well I. I did a song and I played mandolin. I played uh, if it's got strings on it. What I'm trying to say, I'll play it. Right. You know, I'll play it. You know. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's that's. But that's got to do with what I just said about music. It doesn't matter what the strings look like or what position they're in or anything like that. A lot of these people that study music want to get really technical about it. But when I tell people, I said, uh, when God created music, he didn't send the sheet music. That is true. That, that is was true. for the people that couldn't pick it up by ear. Right. And yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. I think everybody should learn to read music, but also learn to feel the music. To feel. And that's something you can't teach, to feel it. Uh, you have to learn to feel that. And the only way you're going to do that is repetitious and play it and learn how to feel the music. Uh, that's what makes a good uh, musician. It's not just playing the notes. Anybody can play the notes. It's what you do with it. And B.B. King was a good example of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm Absolutely. sure B.B. King didn't read a lick. Right. You know. And, right. But he was uh, he was a, a a very. I mean, the guy played from his heart and his soul. He played what God put in his heart, and that's what he. Absolutely. Heard. Absolutely. So that's me as a musician. Well, that's that's good. I'm liking that. Yeah. I'm liking that. That's so before we yeah. sign off, tell folks once again when you're going to do open jams and and all that good kind of stuff. Where it's well, located. Uh, I'm not sure about that. We've got a lot of stuff going in town, and I'm trying to uh, not to interfere with that. I, I had uh, and the reason why I did it. The, the open jam night is a community thing. And I love music. We had a shop down there. My daughter had a shop there. The pan pandemic hit, and uh, after that, uh, it was hard to build it back. She's driving from Lebanon, spending all this gas money. And Which I, now I just told really her, expensive. I said, you got to make it. She's got five acres. She's got miniature horses and all these dogs. She, she loves animals, and she, she goes out. She, and saves all these animals. You'll find them and the cats and that, and nurse them back to health and, and everything. And I said, you need to be back at your place where you love it, because you're coming down here, you spend all week, you make $6, you spent 40 in gas. Right. I said, right. so she did that, and when she did that, I said, well, it's my turn. Uh, somebody mentioned, well, he didn't have no furniture in here. I'm a single man. I don't need no furniture. All I need is a bed to sleep in, and and I've got my I built a stage in there. I've got all my music equipment in there, and that's my thing. And I'm retired now. I retired at 73, and so uh, that's what I love. You know, it's the music. I don't. As long as I got a bed and a microwave and something to cook my food on, and and that, I'm well, fine. Life is good. Life yeah. is good. You know, uh, so uh, it's like. Maybe you gentlemen's got your little hideaway down in the basement of the cellar. Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mine's. No, Mine's I got another. I house. got a basement, a barn, another barn, a garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my poor wife, when she come back, uh, uh, my daughter was a, her caretaker because she was really bad off, and I was working every day. I couldn't be there because anything would go wrong. But she'd bring her down on the weekends, and my wife come in. I had music equipment all in the living room, and she said, "This don't look like my house anymore." <laughs> but uh, 
she she knew I had a my wife was a great woman uh, she was 100% behind me in my music and uh, that is really great when you get a, a, a wife that will be 100% behind you and she was absolutely and, absolutely. Uh, and I know there's a lot of times that I was out moonlight and playing the guitar and when I should have been home uh, but I did quit for five years and she come up to me one day and she said you know what she said you need to go back out and start playing again she said you're not happy I quit for her and so I did but she was happy to see me back out there doing it good so, deal yeah. good deal so you guys got any questions for him I've been you doing all the questioning yeah questions I, I can't think of any right now but uh I think as a musician, you have the perfect name for a musician, Frank Black. <laughs> that is really a cool name. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Uh, my uh, dad and my mom and my uh, siblings, they always called me Frankie. Frankie, yeah. And uh, and then I always, I always knew when when I was in school, when when uh, the if uh, if, uh, if a girl caught, uh, if she liked me. She, Instead of calling me Frank, she'd start calling me Frank. I said, "Oh, I'm in now." She's calling me Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, anyway, that's just a story. But uh, yeah, but uh, my middle initial it's Frank E. Black. So my middle name's Edward Frank oh. Edward Black. Yeah. All right. That's a that's a good good name. Now, I, I, I do have a question. What's the name of your event center you have? The, the music. Yeah, the uh, stagecoach. Stagecoach. The stagecoach. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And it's got a big uh, stage that I built out in front. It's up high. It's a stagecoach. And uh, Troy went and carved a stagecoach driver. And later on, we're going to carve some horses out in front of it. Uh, so uh, that's what I wanted to call it in the beginning. Actually, the the outside stage was supposed to come together. And every year, I've been here down down here five years now uh, but I'm doing all the work I, I'm a carpenter by trade and I did all the work also I have a sawmill down there so I cut my own lumber and that oh matter of fact cut some for yeah, you, you sure didn't did. I yeah some yeah. really nice lumber how's some that lumber. working out for good. you good yeah. it's drying it's, it's, it's ready to be used yeah cut that for Scott yeah, yeah we went and <laughs> drug that down here and did it wasn't a day yeah. or uh, it took two days because we kept days? taking breaks and you played music for me. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. That's right. I yeah. did, didn't it I? Took, yeah. It took like two days to do three logs. Yeah. Hey, whatever <laughs> it takes, it man. Whatever it takes. Two really great days. <laughs> That's a good deal. Yeah, well, we, had a, we had a great time, yeah. Good deal. And so, you know, the thing is I've learned about musicians, and if you find musicians, musicians are uh, artists because I find out musicians have a lot of different hobbies they can do a lot of different things paint and uh, and a lot of different things when I was a kid I had uh, my stuff exhibited in the art museum at, uh, at Cincinnati uh, I bit, did uh, McDonald's farm and paper mache huh and the horses and there's cows, a lost art and also and <laughs> the uh, uh, I got a blue ribbon for a patch picture that I did with a, a menstrual man playing a guitar back in the 1800s. And I got a blue ribbon for that. So, and I noticed all the musicians I ever met, they're multi in that way. So if you play, you've got other things that you probably like to do. and. And that, that would be an understatement. Yeah. Well, you know, I tell people, you <laughs> Need know. Need to talk uh, to my wife about that. She'll tell everybody's you. got talents. Uh, and they don't know they have because they, if, if you, uh, my dad taught me one thing, can't is not in your vocabulary. And if you don't try, you'll never do it. Uh, it's when I uh, was playing the guitar, uh, when I got to uh, where I heard Lonnie Mack, I was still a mediocre guitar player. And I like to throw this in. I don't know, but, some, but uh, I prayed about this. And God, make me as good as him. By golly, he did. And you know, I want to say something to people. You know, they talk about they struggle with music. 
If you put everything in his hands, he'll show you every little note and every little leg. And I, I know that for that. a fact. Yep, I would agree with that. He's the best teacher we can get. Yep. He is. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and so everything I do, I do it because of him, you know. And if I did something bad, it was because, and I can't say the devil made me do it. I mean, I just didn't have any sense at the time. <laughs> it happens. So I repent for that. <laughs> you know, so we all make mistakes, you know. Well, good deal. Well, we'd like to thank you for being on the podcast. Well, thanks for asking yep. me. I didn't know what I was going to say, but it yeah. looks like I run my mouth pretty good. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did fine. fine. You did fine. <laughs> we'll get this uh, out in a couple weeks, and uh, I'll make sure uh, I get a copy to you somehow. So so now you with the radio, radio station. So it's we just do a podcast. It's oh, yeah. Cross the Line 1524 is the podcast. Well, that's great. Yeah, I do have a radio station. No, it's an Internet-only radio station. Yeah. Uh, where we do all independent music. So once you got your album oh, done. Oh, I would love that because I know Fresh Air did that for a long time, and I love that uh, show uh, because they brought musicians, unknown musicians you never heard. And, boy, I'd say some of them were really great and great musicians. And uh, uh, that was a – if I was traveling or going somewhere, that was a show you'd want to turn up turn on at night and listen to it and that uh, I also miss under underhill was it underhill down there mm -hmm. in Cincinnati yep. had one of the greatest radio stations. you had blues you had jazz you had everything right there and and one station I wish that stuff would come back and I I wish these uh, radio stations would start supporting the musicians it's worse now than it's ever been it is yeah uh, and nothing against karaoke, but I got in a, not an argument with a guy on a radio station one time. The guys called in and uh, they wanted to call in for me because I was always mad about karaoke. And I said it knocked so many people, uh, musicians out of work. So uh, the height of karaoke, you know, in the 90s is when that happened. And that's when I was playing music. And all of a sudden places that we were playing with weren't booking us because they were paying some guy 100 bucks a night to do karaoke. Well, they were making more than that. Uh, yeah. They were making fifteen to three thousand dollars a night, and this jock, this jockey said, "Well, Frank, I'm not making that much," and I said, "Well, maybe you ought to quit your radio station and start uh, uh, disc jockeying, you know, for wedding receptions." And that's what they were making. Uh, I know that for a fact. Yeah. And uh, and so I got off the the air, and this lady called in, and oh man, she was raising all kind of cane. And she said, I don't know who this guy is, Frank Black, but my husband's got a lot of money invested in equipment to do this. And he said, well, how, how much money does your husband make? He only charges 1500 He said, well, you ask poor Frank what he makes a night and what he's got. He said, that band that he's in, or Frank's got more invested in his guitar and his amp than your husband's got in this whole setup. Right. What has a drummer got? Right. What they invest. So, you right. know. Right. Yep. So. We would agree on that. So, for Cross the Line 1524, I'm Alan Stanger with. Scotty Bourbon. Mike Gardner. And our special guest. And Frank Black. And we'll see y'all next time. Thank you. Batesville Liquor Co., located in Batesville, Indiana, and Tebby Liquors in Brookville, Indiana. You know it's springtime. Before too long, it's going to be time for boat drinks. And they've got all the ingredients for any boat drink, party drink you might want. Do you have a special drink you want? A special cocktail? Can't find it? Give them a call. They might be able to get it in for you. Barrel Picks, they've got Barrel Picks. They have a couple new ones coming in. Of course, you just heard us talk about Old 55. We'll let you know when that's in. And they've got a couple other ones that will be in shortly. We'll make sure to let everybody know when those are in. If you're looking for beer, you're looking for wine, you're looking for cocktails, you're looking for bourbon, vodka, tequila, it doesn't matter what it is. Batesville Liquor Co. is a place to go. They're located at 315 Shopping Village in Batesville, Indiana, or check out Tebby Liquor, Main Street in Brookville, Indiana. Tell them the Cross the Line 1524 crew sent you, 
make sure to check out that bourbon aisle they got. There's some good picks there. Make sure you friend and follow them on Facebook. They have tastings that they'll post on Facebook, and they'll let you know when new products are in. That's right. Batesville Liquor Co. in Batesville, Indiana. Did you know that beef jerky is packed with protein and is considered a healthy snack? Check out Stanger Sugar Shack Gourmet Beef Jerky. 100% pure beef with no fillers or additive. MSG-free and most flavors are gluten-free. If you're eating jerky that has a reddish tint to it, give us a try and see what gourmet jerky tastes like. Our cuts of meat are from the brisket. Not ground up, not processed, pure 100% beef. Our flavors include maple pepper, our original lakeside brisket. We have ghost pepper flavor. We have blazing beef sriracha flavor. Gotta try our speakeasy bourbon, our campfire barbecue, and our totally teriyaki flavor. Our favorite though is our old-fashioned maple bacon jerky. That's right, we have maple bacon jerky. You can find all of our jerky at all the Gilman Home Center stores throughout Indiana and Ohio, at the Easy Stop Fuel Mart, State Route 46 in St. Leon, Indiana, and of course online at StangerSugarShack.com. Use discount code 1524 to receive a special 10% discount on any online order. Stanger Sugar Shack Gourmet Jerky, what jerky should be. Gilman Home Centers with 14 locations in Indiana and Ohio. And you know what? It's time for your lawn and garden needs, and they've got it. Be the envy of your own neighborhood. They've got seeds. they got plants that have fertilizer and potting soils. Everything to get your garden started. Two rounds? Do you need a tiller? Or a mini excavator, maybe, depending on how big you're doing. They've got them. Check out Gilman Home Center's two rental section. Last but not least, it's that time of year to start fishing. Then check out their fishing supplies and get your fishing license. All at Gilman Home Centers, your one-stop shop for all your home improvement needs. Check them out at gilmanhomecenters.com for the nearest location to you. So we're back here with Cross the Line 1524. I'm Alan Stanger with... Scotty Bourbon. Magic Mike. And our special guest... Bill Smith. So... I'm not sure how it happened, but Scotty Bourbon sent him to the wrong end of town. <laughs> That's the story. I, th- I think what it was was he, th- he thought I'd go buy some of his pizzas or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for the folks that haven't been to Metamore, uh, we're set up on Columbia Street. Um, Scotty Bourbon and his wife Bev own a shop at Duck Creek, which is all the way on the other end of town. <laughs> and so he told him to go to the... Breezeway. Well, there's a breezeway <laughs> at their shop. <laughs> well, oh. Yeah, I'll tell you, Of the Earth is an amazing place. They, they have great food. It's a wonderful little shop there, too. And you can't ask for better people than yeah. Scott and Bev. They've got some great beef jerky and maple syrup for they sale do. there, too. Mm. Yes. So you've ever, what, just, what brand is it? It's Stanger Sugar Shack. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. I see that now. Yeah, I, see that now. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I've been coming to Metamora, Indiana since I was a little boy. So that means about I've been coming down for about 20 years. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <there's> been, <laughs> no, no I've actually been coming down here for over 60 years. Uh, my grandpa, when he got back from World War One, he uh, lived here. He, he and his parents had 175 acres over on Hay- Haytown Hill Road. They grew mostly tobacco, and my grandpa would tell me about how he used to help guide the canal boat with the horses back when they actually used it. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, awesome. so he'd hold my hand awesome. when I was a little boy. We'd walk along the canal, and he'd he'd just reminisce, and those are very fond memories. So Metamore has been a place where Karen and I have been coming for many years, my wife, and uh, we now have five kids and 14 grandkids, and most of them are here at some point or another through through the year or so. Uh, That's awesome. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, um, I spread my time around. I I own a media production company in Indianapolis. I own a government relations company in Indianapolis. Uh, We have an office also in Washington, D.C. And uh, we own the Metamora Inn here, Bed and Breakfast, which is a great place to stay. And uh, I have a little shop in town just across from Scott and Bev's called 
um, the Village Smith. And, okay, so you that's know, you. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. It's a very nice shop. It's it's I've got a lot of things in I've it. I've seen it on very nice Facebook stuff. a few times. So yeah, now I don't know who yeah. You are. So we have a lot of like blacksmith, metalworks, leatherwork, woodwork, and then just a little little area where you uh, can get you know uh, general store type stuff. Cool. Handmade knives and yeah, all kinds awesome, of things. Awesome, awesome. That's cool, cool. So tell me about your media day so i understand that you might have hosted a radio show for a while yeah for about uh you oh gosh it'd be about 10 years i hosted a radio show on christian radio station in indianapolis it was a talk show format um we'd all i'd interview authors of books and musicians and just anybody that was in the christian genre and uh we, uh, uh, after about five years of doing three hours, I said, okay, we're going to scale this thing back because it was becoming a full-time job and um, ended up uh, becoming a one-year, uh, one, I'm sorry, a one-hour show after a while. Uh, but we had a lot of fun with it, and it helped me develop a few skills I otherwise hadn't had. Awesome, awesome. So how long ago was that? Well, that would have been 1990 to 2000. So you were still doing carts back then. You weren't all digital then. <laughs> oh, so. no, it was old school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So nowadays it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Click a few buttons and off you go. Yeah, so I've done some, I had, you know, uh, filled in for some guest hosting on WIBC for their morning show now and then whenever some of the hosts would go on vacation. But, um, but that was mostly my radio experience. Yeah. Cool, cool. So you own a media company. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So talk about that. Well, we do all kinds of things. It's called Sexton's Creek Productions, so it all sort of ties together. I mean, Sexton's Creek, Kentucky, is where my grandfather was born and raised before they moved to Matamora as a family. And so in honor of him, I named my, my company after the place he was born. Awesome. And uh, so we, uh, we have offices and studios on North Shadeland in Indianapolis, we do a wide range of media work, ranging from uh, branding uh, uh, to uh, website development, design work. Uh, we um, have helped host podcasts um, in our studios. And we just finished a documentary on the Modoc Indians of Oklahoma. Awesome. Um, awesome. So it's a, it's a wide range from film to, uh, you know, that's my, my Mul- personal multimedia. favorite. multimedia. Yeah, exactly. And, and mostly our clients are anywhere from... You know, uh, non-profit organizations to mom-and-pop shops to international corporations. Cool, cool. Piqued my interest. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. We're yeah. enjoying it. Right. So how'd you hook up with Scotty Bourbon there? Besides <laughs> that your shops are across oh, the street from each other. Well, that's the main thing. Is, that was it. it? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, uh, you was asking around. You came yeah. to... Yeah, Duck Creek asking around uh, where a shop would what? be, and I recommended. I was looking for shops to building. buy. Yeah, and I told you where one was for sale. And yeah, our mutual friend Don, Don Buchanan yeah, Don uh, owned Buchanan. it for all. He was down here for about thirty years, wasn't he? Uh, I think it was thirty-five years. He had a shop down here. Yeah, and it was still called the Wood things. Shack. Yeah, yeah, he's still making things to yeah. put in your store. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, he's a great guy. He still brings a lot of wood products down for me just about every week. So, so do you source most of your products or you make your products no, or a little I'm, both? Anything I make you wouldn't want to buy. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's uh, it's almost all uh, friends who make things. Like right. my friend Gary in Gwynville, Indiana, does most of my leather and hides for our leather section. Donnie does uh, most of the woodwork. And I've got blacksmith and bladesmith friends all over the country who I, awesome. I outsource to. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Cool. So what's the most, what's, what do you like the most about Metamora? Well, for me, it's just the lifestyle. It's, it takes you back in time. It's also, you know, slow. It, you can breathe. It's a, really the way I look at it, I always explain, I have four, these 14 grandkids, okay? One of my granddaughters, Trinity, she's nine years old now, but when she was five years old, she poured out of the van with all her siblings one day, and she threw her arms up in the air, and she said, I love Metamora. <laughs> and I said, well, Trinity, why do you love Metamora? Five-year-old girl. And she goes, because I can breathe. <laughs> and I said, oh, honey, that's a perfect, perfect. answer. Perfect I, wanted answer. To, I wanted to do a commercial right there right, <laughs> for exactly. Metamora. Right. And, and I think because even though it is a relaxed community, there's also a lot you can get to do here. 
I mean, you, you've talked to Frank Black and some of my other friends who just have amazing musical abilities. Yeah. So this place is just thriving with talent. Right. Um, and then the shops are wonderful uh, to visit. Um, and I mean, just and then you add to it the history of the place, you know, um, from its its old time uh, uh, buildings, uh, you know, like our Metamora Inn was built in 1857. For context, three years before Lincoln was sworn in as president. Right. You know, when you right. start thinking wow. about the history that's here in Metamora, that in and of itself is worth coming for. And so for me personally, it's all those things, but to be honest with you, when you're brought down here as a kid and every year you're brought down with your grandpa, your grandma, and family members, it just has a place in your heart. Right. And so while we've only owned these businesses for a little over a year now, this is like a second home to me because of that. Cool. That's cool. Good. Cool. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that's all good stuff right there to take in. Yeah. Right. Yes, it is. So we, um, one of the things that a lot of the folks in this community know about me, but I don't actually talk a lot about because uh, it's, it's political in nature, and I try and avoid political talks, but I was Mike Pence's chief of staff for 14 years and uh, did that work mostly in D.C. and Indianapolis. And I stepped down at just the right time when he was governor before he went out to D.C. as vice president. So, so that was perfect timing. I didn't have to go out and deal with all that stuff, you know. But uh, um, he, he actually is uh, telling me he's going to come down and visit us sometime oh. here in Metamora. So he's already been here a couple of times, but uh, it was uh, before he was out in D.C. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, I, so that's one of the reasons I enjoy this life is because it takes me away from – the hustle and the, the craziness of my previous yeah, life, right. you know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Good deal. Yeah. So fortunately, we, we're on the same side of the track politically as Mike Pence, so we're all good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I never <laughs> look. When you're in the hospitality business, you don't talk about politics, yeah. right? right? There you right. go. <laughs> so, exactly. so you know, the, the thing is, a lot of people know that about me, so they'll sort of, you know, walk around it uh, because we'll have mixed guests in the uh, eating area. And, you know, I always try to very handle it with kid gloves and say, well, why don't we talk about that outside or something <laughs> like that? So, yeah, uh, we try not to uh, talk politics on our podcast, yeah. and, and we've done a f- um, somewhat good job of that. Uh, some of our listeners would say not so much. Carrick, I'm talking about you. We got a good, great listener up in northern Ohio, and uh, he lets us know if we uh, toe the line. A little ah, bit, so. okay. Well, if you talk to Scott, he'll tell you that uh, I avoid politics on my social media like the plague. Yeah, uh, I, uh, yeah, 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 I do as well. I mean, you got to, for self You got to draw the line. <laughs> you, you, especially if you're a business owner. Yeah. You, you can't, you, you need to, uh, and I don't want to lose. Here's what's wrong with politics. And it's not just politics, it's social media, the whole, and media, period. Mm-hmm. It's either the right or the left. There's no in-between. Growing up as kids, there was an in-between. People talked. Yeah. Now you got the hard right or hard left. Yeah. You don't have the in-between. That's mm-hmm. where, I mean, that's why we got the problems we got. Well, and, and you know, I, I cut my teeth on government service in the 80s during the Reagan administration. So I went out there in 1983. And that's when Tip O'Neill, who was on the far left, and Ronald Reagan on the right, could get together get to, over a beer and they could settle exactly. through what they needed to do. Settle something in exactly. One day. And so that's that's how I was raised in in and that's government the way it service. Should be. That's the way it should yeah. be. And so now I can't even recognize it. Yeah. You know, um, because it's um, it's become so. You know, I think the word toxic's been overused, but that's how I see it. You know. Oh, it um, it, it definitely is. Yeah. I mean, it's. That's a, that's no more politics talk. Yeah, that. that's <laughs> so 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 we come you know we come back to Indiana, and uh, you know I'm spending my life right now just enjoying not only my grandkids and kids, but you know the businesses here in Metamora, making great friends here. Uh, we do I do a lot of theater work. I, I'm a big supporter of the arts community, and um, so I direct shows. Uh, I'm in shows, uh, and uh, it's been a great, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad you took the time to sit down yeah, with us. Yeah, I am too. This uh, is awesome. I, I'll, I'm looking forward to listening to all your podcasts. Wait, there's a hundred and some odd. Well, I'll, 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 this I'll is spoon our feed myself, year, year, though. Spoon feed yourself. <laughs> you know, just take a look. And, uh, but we have a good time doing it. Actually, two of the guys that normally do the podcast, actually three of the guys that normally do the podcast 
with us aren't here. They're different places. So okay. you're you're getting the um, the watered down version of the group. Oh, okay. So the, B team. Missing, the B team. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> or maybe the Z team. I, I didn't say that, but. Oh. Uh, but you, you listen to our podcast, and you'll uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. But our podcast has grown now. It, you know, we started out as four guys around a speakeasy bar mm-hmm. talking everyday things, and then we've grown. So now we've got Mike, we've got yeah. uh, Scotty Bourbon, and other guests that, you know, now I've got six mics set up around a speakeasy bar. So it's well, a good time. You know, I can relate to the everyman uh, dialogue because – uh, you know, my dad was a factory worker. We grew up uh, not having much uh, in Elwood, Indiana. Right. And, uh, you know, it's that was our life. And They make RVs in Elwood, don't they? Uh, Elkhart. El- Elkhart. You're thinking Elkhart. El- Elkhart. Elwood makes yeah. ketchup. Yeah, Elwood makes ketchup. Oh, Red, yeah. Red, Red Gold. gold. Yeah. Red yep. Gold, yeah. yeah. That's right. Actually, yep. I, worked, I worked there before it was Red Gold uh, on the assembly line. Yeah, I came through, El- I came through there. Many years ago, and a tractor trailer full of tomatoes had overturned on the road. Oh, you no. talk about a mess. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, I appreciate you guys taking some time sure. and yeah. chatting Thank with me you. here today. Yeah. Yeah. So, for Cross the Line 1524, I'm Alan Stanger with Scotty Bourbon, Magic Mike, and our special guest, Bill Smith. We'll see y'all next time. Are you tired of hearing the same old songs over and over on the radio every single hour? The same tune? It's time for something different. Check out Hometown Radio USA. The best independent music, hits from yesterday, hits from today, podcasts, and so much more. Hometown Radio USA. You can find it on the web at www.hometownradiousa.com or at the App Store or on Google Play. Hometown Radio USA, reimagining radio and coming to you in your hometown. We all know there's nothing like that taste of fresh honey. Pure as can be, all natural. Check out Hoosier Creek Farm right outside of Brookville, Indiana. You can find them on Facebook at Hoosier Creek Farm. Learn a little bit about beekeeping, what it takes to get that fresh honey. Remember, how do you know it's pure honey if you don't know the beekeeper? Hoosier Creek Farm. Proud to be one of our sponsors at Cross the Line 1524. Looking for a Hyson side-by-side or ATV? How about a youth model Tau-Tau quad or dirt bike? Stop by Hoosier Power Sports at 7892 Schumann Road in St. Leon, Indiana, or visit our website at HoosierPowerSports.com for the latest inventory. We are the Tri-State's largest Hyson and Tau-Tau sales and service center with a large selection in stock all the time. Don't shop the other guys who just want you to leave a deposit and maybe you'll get a side-by-side sometime this year. We've got plenty in stock all the time. Hoosier Power Sports at 7892 Schumann Road in St. Leon, Indiana, or visit our website at HoosierPowerSports.com. Are you looking for a fun event for a fundraiser, private party, or bar and restaurant social? Then head on over to Let'sDoAtasting.com. Certified bourbon stewards from the Stave and Thief Society help lead whiskey and bourbon tastings for your event. You'll guess We'll learn the proper tasting techniques and how to identify flavors in the bourbon. We'll hear about the history of the bourbon and the distilleries that the tastings are coming from. It's a fun and interactive tasting event. You can find them at letsdoatasting.com or on Facebook at Let's Do a Tasting. Get a group together and let's do a tasting. We would have bet money you. All right, we're here with Cross the Line 1524. (laughs) I'm Alan Stanger with Scotty Bourbon. And Magic Mike. And we got a special guest, the youngest guest we've had on the podcast to date. My name is Christian Durham, and I actually own a YouTube channel called Jammy's New Adventures. That is J-A-M-M-Y's New Adventures. And there I will post stuff about music, about, like, all this kind of stuff, and also all you, like, Late 80s, early 90s kids, I posted Stick Stickly stuff. And so you might remember him from when you watched Nickelodeon. So, first of all, uh, are you taking the podcast over? (laughs) 
You, you got a talking voice. You want to be radio DJ? I mean, yeah. Someday I obviously could. This is not your host, Jammer for J Jams. So how old are you? I am 11 years old. Okay, I'll stop. I'm 11 years old. Cool. And um, I honestly started being more sophisticated, act like talking like that, when I got into bands like The Beatles and Tally Hall, which um, here's just a like, little cross-promotion. Tally Hall is a small band from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And, yeah, um, we're go. Um, me and that guy right back there, my papa, my papa, me and him, we are going to the place that they named their first album after really, really soon, this month. Cool. And I have been waiting all year. I have been, I have been so excited. Awesome, awesome. So you're 11 years old. So what, what else do you do? I like to make animations and... I like to make, like, art, and I, I like to write music, but a lot of my music, here's the sad part, a lot of my music sounds really good as the instrumental, but I just can't think of lyrics for it. So, they do you play instruments? Right. I usually play piano and drums. I'm sorry, if you want to know why I laughed when I said I usually play piano, it's because one day, literally, I was asleep, and then I woke up. First thing I did was I sprung out of my bed, and I said, I only play piano. Uh And my sister was already awake, and she was so confused. I was like, wait, what did I just say? (laughs) So you don't play guitar at all? I have been working on playing guitar but not necessarily like a full guitar. Um, down at the Village Music here in uh, Metamora, mm-hmm. they have these like little three three string three string cigar, cigar box, box guitars. Guitars, and so I've been trying to play some of those, and I've been kind of doing good. I mean, like I guess. But um, yeah, and another thing that I really like is collecting. Old, like, vintage television and advertisement and Beatle memorabilia. Cool. Keep talking. I'm looking for my phone, which is lost. Now, one of the things that I have been trying to look for for a really long time is a physical copy of Yellow Submarine on CD. I don't want to find one on eBay. I want to find one in real life. Because it's one of my favorite albums, and I don't want to get scammed out of, like... I could hook you up. I got one. Yeah. Awesome. Probably on a 45. I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. take, like... He probably doesn't know what a 45 is. Yeah. <laughs> I do know do what you? a 45 <laughs> is. <laughs> I, have like, I, have like, I have, like, eight 45s. Do you? Yeah. Most Beatles, of them I are, bet. Most of them are Beatles. A singular one is Beck. It's, like, his um, 2000s album and stuff. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's c- kind of crazy. But it's not as crazy as Odelay, which is one of my least favorite albums by him. Do you still sing with your dad? I've heard you sing with um, him before. My dad necessarily hasn't done music in a little while, but um, I still think that he's going to, and I still think he's going to make a, another album. You two sounded good together. And um, th- thank you. Thank you for saying mm-hmm. that. But, um, yeah, I think... Should I get heading out? What? Should I should I get like heading out, I guess? Yeah, yeah, wrap it up. Give us your give us your wrap up. This has been Jamifer J Jams on Cross the Line. My YouTube channel once again is J A M M Y apostrophe S Jammy's New Adventures. So this is Alan Stanger with Scotty Bourbon. Magic Mike. And we're gonna reconvene to figure out what just happened. We'll be right back. <laughs> Well, I wasn't sure if we were going to get the podcast back or not after that last guest, but what a great, great time. So once again, that was at the Metamore at the Columbia Street Music District. Uh, Their next installment will be in July, July 2nd. Opening on the main stage will be the one and only Rachel Holt, followed by the headliner, Linus Tate. There's also other acts that will be performing at the Cat and the Fiddle and Ruthie Mays, and we'll... um, We'll be doing some interviews with some of those folks prior and advertising them as well. 
As usual, if you like our podcast, please leave us a positive comment and five-star rating on whatever podcast app you're using. It just helps spread the word. And I got to tell you, next week, our podcast, we have the one and only Christian Roper on. You're going to want to sit down, pour you a nice cocktail, relax, and he's got some tales to tell. For Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, I'm Alan Stanger. Thank you for listening to Cross the Line, 